Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, you're Wolf. What's going on over there? Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, ready to broadcast, Luke. Getting jacked up and fired up. Yes, indeed. Ready to broadcast. Here it is. It is Wednesday. Are you ready? Hump day! Um, well, how, about, how about you? You I'm, ready to go? Uh, well, you fired I up? I am. And, and, and I, I came into the show thinking, like, okay... Suns have a game tonight. It feels like it's been forever. I know it's only been two days. But yeah. now it's like you have a chance to put the way 2022 was ending behind you. And then I remembered that that Knicks game was actually 2023. So now you have a chance to put 2022 and that Knicks game behind you. <laughs> this game tonight against Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Mitchell coming in off a 71 performance in his last out. Yeah, you know what? Um, what do you think the over and under is right now for Donovan Mitchell, right? Uh, I feel like over, I could... better than 71 or lower than 71? Uh, I'm going to take the under I would on take that. the under. Okay, I'm going to take the under on that. I hope we're not eating our words tomorrow, but I'm going to take the under on 71 from Donovan Mitchell. Right now, you've got the Cleveland Cavaliers at 24 and 14. Ron Wolfley reporting, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is a team, obviously, where things are going well for them. Uh, their season, I think, uh, better than most actually thought they were going to be. Yet at the same time, there were some people out there that were singing the praises of the of the Cavaliers in the offseason that they had, of course. Um, right now, I think this is more about the Phoenix Suns and the status of the Phoenix Suns than it is about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the Suns tonight and how they're going to go out and compete. The uh, over-under for Donovan Mitchell, since you asked, is actually 30 and a half. Okay, 30 and a half yeah. right now. I, I take the over on that. Yeah, he's, he's, been, saying. he's been like the perfect fit in Cleveland. Now, they Evan Mobley is questionable, and I believe Darius Garland's not playing. I mean, <laughs> boo-hoo. Nobody on the Suns ever seems to play. But Cleveland's a tough one. I did the math on this. I don't know why I did this math at like 6 in the morning, Wolf, but this is the math I did, okay? The next 10 games that the Suns play, their opponents are 68 games above 500. Mm. You said the next 10 games. Yeah. Only one of the teams actually drags that number down. That's Minnesota next Friday because they're four games below 500. If you throw them out, their opponents are 72 games above 500. Are you serious? Oh, my. Wow. Everybody. Everybody that they play coming up is, and honestly, they're either good or they are better than their record indicates. Okay, you've got Cleveland tonight, obviously 10 games above 500. you You've got Miami on Friday, that's two. Like, you would think Miami would be a lot better than two games above 500. Miami's yes. a good team. Right. You get Cleveland again, you get Golden State. Golden State's only two games above 500. They have won five in a row, and that's Golden State. But then you have Denver, Minnesota, Memphis, Brooklyn. Indiana is decent, and then Memphis again. This is a brutal, brutal. stretch. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. This is freaking hard. We have identified hard. It's okay, the next 10 not, games. You know what, honestly, right now, you know what, I love that. It's one of my favorite Monty-isms. That is one of my favorite Monty-ism right there. It is just the fact. Everything you want is on the other side of hard. You know, we were just talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact, where NFL players, said there's an old saying, an old axiom in the National Football League, walk through it. Walk through it. You know what it implies. Of course, it implies the fact that whatever you face, no matter how difficult it is, dude, this is a hard 
physical game. This is a tough game. This is a brutal game. The blood sport is going to hurt you to play. It literally hurts to play the game. Walk through it. In other words, don't even run through it. You walk through it. (laughs) It's part of who you are. That's what it implies. And that's why I love what Monty just said. Because once again, everything you want is on the other side of hard. Go get it. Do something about it. And man, boy, did that, that mentality was that on display for all of us to see last season. Was it? Yeah. I would even say to some degree... This season, remember when the Suns were 16 and 7? Vaguely. 23 games, 16 and 7 on top of the Western Conference. Remember that? Okay, yeah, they still had some hiccups. There was no denying that. DeAndre Ayton was still kind of looking like, well, you know what? He's kind of up and down. DA looked like DA an awful lot, but it looked like maybe there was some resolute approach from DeAndre Ayton going forward, maybe early on in the season. He was going to actually get more physical, get a little bit better. We were looking for that, all of us. And yet right now, here they are, and they're in a tailspin. They are. Now, there's a lot of reasons why they're in a tailspin. But, man, I'll tell you, the next 10 games, it's going to test this team like they've never been tested this season. Well, if this is hard and you're, you're, you're wondering what's on the other side of hard, uh, it's a game against Charlotte on January 24th. So if you get through these 10 games, you get a game against the Charlotte Hornets. Then, I mean, after that, you get Dallas and uh, you have Boston a little bit later on. So it's not it's not real easy after that. But there's at least some games mixed in there against the Charlottes and the San Antonios of the world. The matchup tonight in particular is frustrating because for the longest time when Donovan Mitchell was in Utah, there was always that debate. Because you know how Jazz fans and Suns fans are with each other. It was always, yeah. oh, is Mitchell better or is Booker better? And I think we would all agree Booker kind of took off in recent years. Mitchell wasn't bad in the last couple of years. He was, he was quietly very good. He just couldn't stay on the floor. He has absolutely taken off in Cleveland. And the only two meetings with the Cavs this season are today and Sunday. So we're not going to get to see Booker against Donovan Mitchell now. This this sort of evolved version of Booker and this evolved version of Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, shooting guard, Louisville. This year's big riser once the season was over. Mitchell's appeal is the lack of perimeter players who can defend multiple positions while also being a knockdown three-point shooter. He was the big winner of the NBA Combine, testing incredibly well in the athletic drills and measuring in with a six-foot-ten wingspan despite being only six-three as a shooting guard. He only shot 35% from deep last year, but if his shot sticks in the pros, he will be very valuable for a long time. NBA comp, Raptors shooting guard, Norman Powell. I did not expect to have a draft profile on Donovan Mitchell, and as it turns out, he is better than Norman Powell. Mel just fired that off because she was the one voicing it right there. Yeah. Apparently. No, I cringed after it played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Aaron constantly you're promoting you're herself. Beat down right there, exactly. Huge promoter. Okay, look, um, the Suns right now, how many? 11? They've lost 11 of their last 15. Is that correct? Um, 11 of their last 15. I've got it right in front of me. I asked that facetiously, ladies and gentlemen. 11 of their last 15, of course, and they've lost six of their last seven games. This, This is a team that is in a bit of a fit so to speak, as my mother used to say. There is no way to look at a stretch like that that you just described, especially the the 4 and 11 in your last 15, and, and honestly be like, oh, they're fine. 
Like, I understand uh, that there's I, like the super fan mentality. Like, oh, they're fine. Like, they're fine in the sense of will they make the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. they're fine. Weren't we expecting them to be title contenders this year? You don't. I, I would love to see the stat of how many title contenders have had a stretch like this in recent years. Yes, you you got to fix. And maybe they have. I know Golden State, you know, kind of turned it off for a little bit last year, but they don't let it continue. You got to. Yeah, you gotta but turn Luke, this. they don't have Devin Booker. Luke. Okay. Okay. Now, once again, right? You you have him for a lot of these games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, um, we all could see, hey, there's something, a little something, something off here with the Phoenix Suns. And um, even when they had Devin Booker in the in the lineup, um, there's no denying that. So at some point in time right now, you have to ask the question hard and fast, what does Monty Williams believe that it is? What, what does James Jones believe is the problem. Now listen, they're not going to tell you. That's mean. I know. They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell us oh, okay. what they truly believe the problem is in terms of personnel. I'm trying to think they're which not one's, going to do it. Which one's more likely? James Jones is probably more likely to tell you something. Yeah, I'm not you. saying they're going to lie to you. I'm not. They'll give you a reason. But I, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from a personnel perspective. From a personal, they're not going to point and say, it's that guy. <laughs> Whether that guy is on their team or not right now. Boy, would I, I, I do anything, man, to be a player inside that locker room. Okay, strike that from the locker. I wouldn't do anything. Of course, I wouldn't do anything. Um, but Did you boy, sing karaoke of Green Day? Would I, <laughs> I would not. Okay. Boy, would I like to be a fly on the wall, so to speak, inside that locker room. You give me three days inside that locker room, and I'll tell you what the problem is from a personnel perspective. <laughs> we'll have a lot of confused Suns players like, why is this guy here for three days? All right, when we come back. A lot of coaching decisions are going to be made around the NFL in about five days. Who's the fat old dude? <laughs> what, what if uh, What if Cliff, I thought your consultant said to not tell you, <laughs> said don't say that. Um what does uh, Cliff Kingsbury have to do if he comes back next season? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's start the segment with a question, Wolf. All right, I'm just going to pose it to you. Because I, I think most Cardinals fans have made up their minds on... January 4th, or probably well before January 4th, as to whether or not they would be okay with Cliff Kingsbury being the coach next year, or if he needs to be out under any circumstances. Now, there's obviously a lot of nuance to if he comes back, we're about to get into that. Do you think the Arizona Cardinals have already made up their mind? Boy, that is a good question. I don't know. I really do. I don't know how to answer that. I, I, it's a rhetorical. I, I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't even know if it's a rhetorical question. It's a. It's a question without an answer. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, to me, um, I think they wanted to see this thing play out to the end, and then they were going to make their decision as to what they were going to do going forward. So. Just because sometimes, depending on the situation and depending on the business, you might just want to get a couple days out of, of the emotion of the season and be like, okay, we're yeah. going to make our decision. Yeah. You don't have to make that decision on Monday, but a lot of teams are going to make that decision on Monday. 
Yeah, no, you're right about that. You know what? First of all, let's if we're if we're going to talk about this right now. We're yes, going to talk about Cliff talk about right, right now. now. Go, go ahead and fire off this, please. Just because you disagree with me on my Cardinals' opinions, don't imply that my opinions on the Cardinals are lies because they employ me. You might tell lies if you were in my position, but I don't. Please don't project your weakness on me. Thank you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say right there. Because just because you hear me and you think, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, you're you're not telling us the truth," you know what? I've never lied. I always tell you exactly what I believe. I might be wrong, Basinonians. I might be wrong, but I'm not going to tell you something I don't believe, period. Okay? Have you ever been wrong? Let me ask you that, listening right now. Have you ever been wrong? We'll point the spiny, ruddy finger of blame to you. Yes, of course you have. You just don't acknowledge it. Okay, so having said that, yes, I don't think Cliff should be fired. I want him back. I think he should be given the opportunity to fix what is broke. And it does need to be fixed. Make no mistake about that. I just can't get past the disclaimer that was just there to attack a small portion of the listening audience. It's not really a disclaimer. So, like, you know, you get a disclaimer at the end of a commercial. It's like, don't yeah. uh, don't invest in this if you don't have this money. That was basically, you're wrong. Yeah. Anyways, you know what? The Cliff needs to change things. He does. Well, yeah. that's Or you're yes. going to get the same results. Uh, I believe Cliff Kingsbury has been fighting a lot of forces that have nothing to do with football. And when I'm... When I'm intimating that and implying that, I'm talking about the player-coach relationships. And it's not, I immediately, everyone goes, oh, it's, it's with Kyler Murray. And it's not just with Kyler Murray. It isn't, in my opinion. I think he's been fighting and battling an uphill climb that really makes his job very, very difficult. Now, a lot of that was brought on, I believe, by Cliff himself. And it's, it's Cliff, it's who he is, it's his personality, it's this approach of, hey, listen, we're all in this together. More of a peer than a head coach. And I think the first thing he needs to do, this is just me right now, this is my belief, old school, and I'm not going to apologize yeah, for that. Yeah, where's that paper? Once again, see, that that's out. what I was not going to apologize about. For being old school. The old school. Yeah. I'm not doing that. The old school guy I am right now, here's what I believe. Cliff, if you want to fix this thing, you got to be the alpha in the room. You have to. I, I said this coming into this past season as well. He's got to be the alpha in the room. He's not a peer of the players. You've been consistent with this. He is their coach, Luke. He needs to act like it. He does. He's their coach. He's not a peer. I'm sorry. He's the head coach of this franchise. And he needs to proceed just like that. Listen, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that Cliff needs to turn into a yeller, a screamer. He doesn't need to yell. He doesn't need to scream. He doesn't need to act like someone he's not. He needs to use his position, Basinonians, as power and wield it wisely. That's what he needs to do. He needs to let every dude in the room know that he is in charge and their status is tenuous at best. That's a tough transition, I think, to make 
in the same position. You know what I mean? Like, it, like if you if you say you got to be the alpha, like I'm just I'm yes. just projecting myself in that situation. If I were on a team as a player, I wouldn't have a hard time being an alpha. If I were the coach. That would be harder for me to walk in, especially in Cliff's position when he walked in. He didn't have experience as an NFL head coach, as a younger head coach. It would be tough to step in and be that disciplinarian or be that like, no, 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 we're not peers. He has said, he's told us they have a peer-to-peer relationship. He's talking about Kyler. I think that's a tough switch to make. Not to say like if he were coaching another NFL team in two years, he couldn't do it. I think it's tough when everything around you stays the same. You know what? And and Luke, if in fact the Arizona Cardinals separate with Cliff Kingsbury, I believe, again, nobody's told me this, I believe it would be for that reason right there. That very reason. That right now, the hay's in the barn. It's like now you can't go ahead and change. Now, this is what I believe Cliff needs to do. It's just me. I believe he needs, this is the old school guy that I am. He needs to be the alpha in the room. Not not peer-to-peer with with that. And I'm not just talking about Kyler Murray. I'm talking about everybody. But that's where he's talking about it I'm the coach. Before. Right, exactly. I'm the coach. I'm not your peer. That might be a tough transition for Cliff to make. It might. And if, in fact, they do part ways once again, to me, that would be the reason why. So we've had this discussion before, and we've had it with Cliff Kingsbury on the show before. But if they were going down the path you're suggesting, hey, we want to keep you, but this has to change. Isn't the fastest way to do that? To have a play caller that isn't Cliff Kingsbury, boy, that would be that would be my answer. And yes, and it's not just. And you've you've talked about this before. Again, we've talked about it with Cliff. In fact, here's a a, a clip of us talking about it with Cliff in October. Uh, I think every situation is different. You know, I think um, you see around the league, some people have done it, some people have given it up, some people have gone back to it, and uh, there, there's no right or wrong answer there. I think it's whatever fits your, your team at that time. But but to your point that you've made in the past, Wolf, it's not just well, Cliff gave up play calling because he doesn't know how to call plays. It's not that. It's have a buffer, essentially, between you and Kyler Murray. When you're the play caller, you are kind of like the guy's buddy. And you guys can talk back and forth the way you'll talk to your buddies where sometimes you'll yell at each other, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Or you'll say something that you wouldn't say to a stranger or your boss or something. But uh, I feel like those lines have kind of gotten blurred this season, if if you're right. You know, where if there is a a bit of a disconnect between Cliff being the clear cut. I'm the head coach. If you don't listen to me, you're out of here. Yeah, you know. And once again, everyone uh, we all know about the the jaw to jaw between Cliff and Kyler that happened on national television. We all understand that and get that. Can I tell you right now? It doesn't matter that that stuff happens. It doesn't. You got to go big picture. That is myopic right there. It is. When you have a coach that you work so closely with, as Kyler does with Cliff, when you have that, a play caller, and the play caller is literally inside your head, literally inside your helmet. When you've got that kind of relationship and you're that close to a guy, man, you'll go jaw to jaw, and it does happen. I, I had a coach. His name is Hank Kuhlman. Hank Kuhlman was my running back coach under Gene Stallings. Today, he's like a surrogate father to me. Today, he is. I can't tell you how many screamers we had on the sideline face-to-face and how much love and respect I have for this man in my heart today. 
It happens all the time. It's not just that. Cliff needs on a strategic level, in my opinion, this is just my opinion again, it doesn't make me right, it just makes it my opinion. On a strategic level, I think he needs to step back and be the head coach of this team in every way, shape, and form. The head coach. And let somebody else come in and do the jaw-to-jaw with Kylo. I mean, the other part here that is undeniable, you have to change something. And I get it. You, you, it seems like you're probably changing GMs, and there's going to be a lot of personnel change in terms of actual players. So maybe that sort of turnover does make it a little bit easier if they keep Cliff for him to make that transition because it's not the same 53-plus players around him. But the the undeniable part of this is something has to change, right? Yeah. So if, if you're going to tell your team and your fans that the head coach is coming back after you just went 4-13 and 13 and it was a, just a, a complete mess of a season, which wasn't all his fault, but you still went 4-13, and 13, you have to be able to say, but somebody else is the play caller. He's going to focus on being the head coach, which, by the way, is the most important job. So you don't necessarily need right. to have another job on top of it. Exactly. And not only that, the next time we actually talk about this, I'll, I'll tell you some other things that I'd love to see Cliff change as well. Nobody has like nobody's the president of a company and then they have a side gig delivering food too. like if you're the if you're the lead guy, that's kind of your job. Uh, all right. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, who are the top five teams in the NFL heading into the final week of the regular season? We'll give you our NFL Power Pool next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power Pool. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it's time for the NFL Power Pool Week 18 edition. 18 weeks. NFL regular season is uh, 18 weeks is, is noticeably longer than what it was, even though it was only one week more. Like, it feels like we should be getting ready for the playoffs right now. Instead, we are heading into week 18. There is a lot still to be decided, including our uh, top five heading into the final week of the season. So here we go at number five. Number five. Number five, I'm going to go first. Okay. And I'm going to take... Number five, I'm going to go first. Yes. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys, who somehow can still win that division. Um, I don't... I, I can't buy into Dallas winning the Super Bowl quite yet. Although, when you start to look around the NFC... You could easily talk me into them coming out of the NFC at this point. You really could because I can't sit here and say, like, well, I don't believe in Minnesota. I don't believe in this team. I don't believe There's only seven teams that are making the playoffs. I don't believe Green Bay or Detroit's going to the Super Bowl. I don't believe the Giants are going to the Super Bowl. At a certain point, one of these teams has to. So, to me, Dallas is, uh, is certainly the conversation I have at number five. Yeah, you know what? I also have the Dallas Cowboys at number five right now. They're running the ball better. Their ability to run the ball, um, that is something that is central, I think, to the success of the Dallas Cowboys, something they've got to have, especially going into the postseason right now. But man, it's that defense, defense, defense that I love with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, number five. The, the, the bunching up at the top of the NFC playoff picture now with Dallas, Minnesota, San Francisco all 12-4 and four, and Philadelphia 13-3 and because... I mean, they're, they're beat up, and I don't know what they were doing against New Orleans last week, but all of a sudden, the, the top of the NFC is not decided yet. All right, on to number four. Number four. four. 
Number four, I'm going to stick with the 49ers. They didn't look quite as convincing against Jarrett Stidham this week. That was kind of odd, but they have won nine games in a row. Now, I do sort of have this maybe unreasonable worry if I were a 49ers fan that you're going to win nine in a row in the regular season. Do you really think you're going to close out the season winning 14 in a row to win the Super Bowl? Sort of feels like they're due for a loss, but uh, but I still think as far as top to bottom outside of the quarterback position, I think they're the best team in the NFL. Okay, you know what? Um, I also am going with the 49ers at number four right this is why now. I went I'm, first. I'm, I'm worried a little <laughs> bit about yeah the direction of this. I also am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. <laughs> man, I love what I'm seeing from this kid right here. Make your way, young man. Make your way. As a game manager, that's all he's got to be at this point in time. And he's been more than that. Brock Purdy actually has a quarterback rating of over 100. (laughs) Think about that right now. This young kid who's been given this opportunity, thrust into this opportunity, and the fact that he can go out there and complete a pass, let alone throw uh, 10 touchdown passes, He's only got four interceptions on the season. He's done a great job protecting the ball, managing the game. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers with that shutdown, lockdown defense, number four. How crazy is the fact, like last week he had 284 passing yards and two touchdowns. Again, were they really getting that much more from Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? The answer is no. They just need a decent quarterback, and he's he's been better than decent. On to number three. Number three. Three. All right, number three, I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, obviously kind of an incomplete now to, to know exactly where they are and, and how they're going to deal with everything, but I still think... It's been the same for me for a while now. There are four teams that I think realistically can win the Super Bowl, and and they're going to be my top four here again. If San Francisco's not the most complete team outside of the quarterback position, it's Buffalo, (laughs) and Buffalo has Josh Allen. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to part ways right now. I have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles at number three. Um, It's always been my belief this is a season about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and how he produces for his teammates, how he produces for the organization going forward with each game that they play after this weekend, going forward with each game, going into the postseason, the pressure is going to be turned up and it's going to intensify. There is a question mark right now as to how Jalen Hurts plays under those conditions. I'm sorry. It's a whole different crockpot. It's a whole different game, isn't it, to be in the postseason. And because of that, I'm going with the Eagles at number three. All right, I'll go with the Eagles at number two. Number two. And I'm just trying to figure out the exact playoff scenarios. This is what I can tell you without boring you. They have not clinched number one seed in the NFC yet. And so I'm not saying that in the sense of, oh, they're falling apart. They're injured. And and it's not just Jalen Hurts. They have injuries, but they haven't clinched number one seed. And it's not as simple as like, well, they, you know, big deal. They can win outside of Philadelphia. 
you want the free win. <laughs> you want to you want to look around the first week of the NFL playoffs and be like, we'll just see you in week two. Nothing is 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 guaranteed unless you have that first round bye. And for as good as they have been all season, if Dallas wins and Philadelphia loses, Dallas wins the division. So right there, Philadelphia doesn't doesn't get the number one seed. And then there's there's other scenarios. San Francisco gets involved, but Philadelphia I have it at at number two, but nothing is is given for them at this point. Okay, my number two is the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills at number two right now, largely because of their quarterback, Josh Allen, no doubt about it. I think he took a massive step in the postseason, of course, last year, and for the same reason. That's why last year was a question mark for Josh Allen going into the postseason, and we all talked about that. How would Josh Allen actually play? He played very, very well, and that's that's exactly what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have to do at number three. They got to go prove that they can do it in the postseason. That's why the Bills are number two. All right, on to number one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Number one, Wolf, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, who since they lost that close one to Buffalo on October 16th, are nine and one. Basically one loss in nearly three months. Is there any doubt about Patrick Mahomes, our quarterback, once again going into the postseason right now um, for all the reasons I just talked about in regard to Jalen Hurts and the question mark and Josh Allen and the exclamation point? The Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. The only asterisk that I'm willing to offer with the Chiefs is their defense. Because of the top five in my power poll, they have the weakest defense. 100%. 100% agree with that. Um, You look at their losses this season. December 4th to Cincinnati right at the end by three. October 16th to Buffalo right at the end by four. Now, those are two teams they may have to go through. They're going to have to go through at least one of them to get through the AFC. The only other loss they have is to the Colts in what was probably the strangest game of the year and also took me out of the survivor pool. So thank you, Kansas City. <laughs> um, now, I knew it was going to do something. You were like, how many of those? Well, there? And now now you look back over the course of the season, you're like, yeah, that was the dumbest game of the year. The Chiefs losing to the Indianapolis Colts because they couldn't make any kicks. Um, Kansas City's the team. I mean... When you start to talk about who should be MVP, there's this push now of, like, see, Jalen Hurts isn't playing and they can't win a game, so he should be MVP. I heard this argument the other day, though, and I think it, it it certainly carries some water. Patrick Mahomes just plays every week. We're now into a, a season that's 17 games in the NFL. He's out there every week putting up 300-plus yards and, and seemingly three touchdowns. So, I mean, he kind of has to be the MVP, doesn't he? He's played every week. Yeah, I think for the most part, he he is the MVP of the league. Let me just say, though, the Kansas City Chiefs, and a lot of this has to do with Patrick Mahomes. But the Kansas City Chiefs, man, they protect Patrick Mahomes as well. They do. Number two in sacks per attempt. They protect him. All right, that was our power poll heading into week 18. When we come back, there are five spots where the Cardinals could pick in the upcoming NFL draft. It'll be determined this weekend. So what is the best case scenarios? We're going to go through each of them, and we'll give you some of the players that have been drafted in those spots over the last few years as well. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So here's how we're going to do this. One game left for the Cardinals. 
They're going to pick either somewhere between number six and number two. Well, that's what we know. Okay, we don't know where yet, obviously. Nobody knows that yet. But that's their range. They're either going to come out of this weekend knowing they have the second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth pick. Now, Aaron Maloney, our esteemed producer, put together this packet that I'm holding right here that you don't have, so that's better for the, the purposes of this. Okay. So I'm just going to let you pick. Like, okay, what what happens if they pick fifth or whatever? You pick one of those numbers that's in that range, and I will tell you the scenario that has to happen for them to get that pick, and I'll give you some of the guys that have been picked at that spot over the last few okay, years. Okay, let's see. Um, can I start with some wishful thinking? Is yes, that you okay? Can. Yes. Okay, wishful thinking. Um, number two. Okay. Can you put Will Anderson, <laughs> please? Number two. So wait, real quick. So at number two, you would just take Will Anderson. You're not trading Sold. the Sold! You're not trading it to some quarterback desperate team for a bunch of picks. Well, you know what? Now that you bring that up, <laughs> what exactly are they offering me? I don't know. At number two. Okay, uh, what are they offering? I would like to have Will Anderson, but I think at number two, you might get some desperate teams. Here's what has to happen, though, for the Cardinals to even get number you two. You know what? I love this, though. You know what? Before you go on your little dissertation right yes, here. It okay. was written for me, actually. I didn't even do the homework. <laughs> Let me just say, you, you've got to to talk about whether or not you think the Arizona Cardinals need to rebuild or not. And I think we'd all agree they need to rebuild. And if, in fact, they do need to rebuild, that means that pick, you'll sell that pick. I I want Will Anderson, but I think I would take him at three if he's somehow there. I think you're just going to get desperate teams that need a quarterback. Here's what has to happen. This is probably not getting the second pick anyway. The Cardinals have to lose to the Niners. The Bears have to beat the Vikings. Minnesota still has stuff to play for, and Nathan Peterman is starting at quarterback for the Bears for, I don't really know what reason. Uh, the Broncos have to beat the Chargers. All three of those things have to happen. Okay, So the Cardinals lose, the Bears beat the Vikings, Broncos beat the Chargers. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But let me give you the, the picks, the number two overall picks from the last six years. Okay. Uh, working backwards from 2022. Aiden Hutchinson, <laughs> Zach Wilson, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, Mitch Trubisky. It's <laughs> so like Trubisky. Mitchell! Trubisky, I Don't see. Don't call him Mitch. Uh, I'm sorry. Mitchell. It's Mitchell. Trubisky. Mitchell. Tupisky. <laughs> Tupisky. That's what it is. Well, Mitch sounds better. I don't know why he's going by Mitchell. But either way, um, the fact that he's on this list is what made me think, like, wait a minute, sometimes teams get stupid, and they're like, we got to have a quarterback with the second pick. That's right. Now, I mean, the Bears could have had Mahomes, so whatever. But teams that are going to trade up potentially and be like, oh, you're picking second? We want C.J. Stroud. We'll give you everything. Then I think you have to entertain it if yes. you get the second pick. Okay, so listen, I started off with wishful thinking. What I wanted, what I'd love to see for the Arizona Cardinals is to get to the number two pick. Um, because I do believe Will Anderson is going to be there at number two. Yeah. The edge player for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I got a first hand. Exactly. Are we having passion? When are we having passion? Uh, we're not having. We had him on yesterday. We had him on yesterday. We're not going to have him on again. <laughs> Why did be like like I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's going to be on every week or something like that or every day. We need to get Pash back on here, okay? okay. Because Pash was actually, sure he's not it, busy. David, if you're listening right now, David, if you're listening, just call into the show. Okay, David, just call into the, you know, you've got carte blanche here. You just call into the show. What's he calling because, in about? Um, he actually was standing on the sideline and he was looking at Will Anderson, and I believe he said drool bucket is what he was talking about. 
Uh, so we need to get David. David, if you're listening right now, what are you doing, David? I mean, you're you're not busy. Pick up the phone and actually call. He's us probably right calling now. three basketball because games. Will right Anderson, now. he was really really impressed with Will Anderson and what he saw and some of the things that he heard about this kid as well. I think we're unanimous that we want Will Anderson. I just, I think you could get him at three. I have to, I'm sorry, but it's right here. I have to play the draft capsule for Zach Wilson. I just, I just have to know, okay? Because okay. this should be nothing more than he had a really nice throw at his pro day with nobody else on the field, so the Jets overreacted and took him at two. Right. But I don't think that's what this is going to say. Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. Nobody has shot up draft boards more than Zach Wilson after a stellar 2020 season for the Cougars. Wilson has good athleticism overall, and you can see it when he has to escape the pocket to get away from pressure. Wilson also has impeccable arm talent, throwing with great zip and improved accuracy. If you're looking for an Achilles heel, you could point to his lack of quality opponents he faced at BYU or the fact that he's had some injury concerns, including having to undergo surgery on his thumb and right shoulder in 2019. Despite that, though, Wilson's combination of a big arm and athletic ability should vault him to NFL stardom. NFL comp, Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. The Jets should send that draft capsule to all the other teams they're trying to trade him to this offseason. Like, look, it wasn't that long ago. Um, did you read that with conviction, Maloney? Did you? Can we did pick you? a different draft profile that someone else voices? <laughs> <laughs> Look, to be fair, it's not like Maloney was comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. That was the comp, that right? Was exactly. Out there from, of course. No, I Wolf was, makes the comp. <laughs> no, I said uh, no. I said, did you read it? I, I gave her no credit whatsoever for actually doing it. Okay. She just happened to do it. Read it. Um. Look, uh, yeah, it was interesting that you played that draft capsule and Zach was targeted in regard to his lack of competition. Yeah. <laughs> right? Some people said, who did he really play against? And now all of, a, all of a sudden he's in the National Football League and you're playing against the best of the best. And, well, okay. Yeah, the Patriots are not the same I'm not, teams. I'm not BYU saying Zach Wilson is done yet. I'm not saying he is. He's done in New York. I mean, they would rather pull a guy off the street to be the backup than have him be the backup. Yeah, I think he is, but I'm not saying it from a career perspective. I'm not saying he's done. Sometimes you need a wake-up Sometimes, well, he needs something. All right, give me another another pick here. Okay, so are we still on what? I did number two? That was it. Number two is what I wanted. That was wishful thinking. Let's say you can't get number two. So now let's do something that I think is is more likely. Number four. Okay, number four. This is what happens for the Cardinals to get number four. They lose to the 49ers. Doable. Bears and Broncos both lose their games. Also doable. The Broncos are playing the Chargers. Bears are playing the Vikings. And again, Nathan Peterman is playing quarterback for the Bears. I'm just going to keep saying that. So number four. So all three teams lose. The Cardinals will pick number four overall. Okay. Here are the guys that have gone number four in the last six years. Sauce Gardner. Pretty good. Sauce. He's going to win defensive rookie of the year this year. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, okay, Kyle Pitts. Pretty good player. They just talented. Don't, Hyper-talented. They don't haven't totally unlocked him yet. Once again, get, yeah, get into a three-point stance, please. Fire off the ball. <laughs> Andrew Thomas in 2020, Cleveland Farrell in 2019, Denzel Ward in 2018, Leonard Fournette in 2017. Doesn't it feel like Leonard Fournette's been in the league for 38 years? Yeah. He was only drafted does. five years ago? Come on. That doesn't seem right. I don't know. <laughs> He's it is. been on IR for five years, it seems. Here, no, okay. I'll, I'll fire off his draft capsule. Leonard Fournette, running back. 
LSU. Big, fast, and dominant. Fournette is that rare, franchise-changing running back. Most scouts feel that he would have been ready for the NFL as a sophomore, and Fournette's junior season at LSU was by far his most unproductive one. In fact, Fournette chose to sit out of LSU's bowl game this year in order to better prepare for the draft. A weakness, if any, is in pass blocking and route running. As for the main part of the job, Fournette is a beast of a running back. NFL comp, Bo knows Mr. Bo Jackson. I really just played that, no. that that specific one to to hear if the music was from like the early 30s, which is when I thought Leonard Fournette was drafted, but apparently it was only five years ago. Bo Jackson. Who was that for a cop? Did you raise your eyebrows when you read that, Mal? I mean, did you go, Bo Jackson? <laughs> what? Sure, it wasn't supposed to be like Bo Um Nicks. Look. Bo Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. There's one Bo Jackson. There's one. It was five years ago. It was a different time. That dude was, you have no idea, Um, my young crunks that are out there right now who, if you look at Bo Jackson, who is Bo, you know, Bo Jackson was a party of one. So look at that. If you end up stuck at the fourth pick, you can take a player that can be compared to Bo Jackson before he plays in the NFL. <laughs> it's not, that's not a bad pick right there. Man, that would be absolutely awesome. I'm sure down in Tampa, they're so disappointed at this point in time that he's not <laughs> Bo Jackson. Well, they're probably more disappointed in Jacksonville since they, they drafted. Maybe, well, they, maybe yeah, that's what they no. heard. Yeah, but still, where is he right now? No, but maybe they were like, well, let's see, Bo Jackson, we're Jacksonville, so we have to draft him. We'll do some more of these later on in the show because I've got, I've got uh, comps for the the, the third, uh, fifth, and sixth, too. Uh, all right, when we come back, could the weird ownership situation that the Suns are in right now cost them a year of their championship window? It kind of sounds like it might. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.